welcome to No Page Unturned, the podcast where Christina, Steph, and myself, Josh, go in-depth discussing books, mainly focusing on those written by BIPOC and LGBTQ plus authors. You don't have to read along with us, but be warned, there will be spoilers ahead. For season one, we're talking The Ruined of Kings by Jen Lyons, the first book in her series, A Chorus of Dragons. The three of us love this book for being anti-imperialistic, for its fantastic queer characters, and the unique ways it explores the fantasy genre. So please, come read with us. I mean, I guess we're kind of, I don't know, we, we don't really have an intro to this, so I guess we can just kind of get into it. One thing I've, I've really been finding, even just as we're reading these like mm-hmm. 10 chapter sets, is how much the exciting narrative swaps between the two stories. Like last time, you know, very much the exciting narrative was Mm -hmm. the boat narrative. You know, it was dragons and whirlpools and krakens. And now we've kind of swapped a little bit again where, uh, you know, the, the, um, Inistana narrative is kind of chill and we're getting like, Mostly just some, some R and R, honestly. <laughs> like, and, and then you'll have on the other end, like Talon and backstory and murder and Darzin being a shithead. <laughs> like, Sadistic torture and yeah. yeah just and it's, everything. it's pretty impressive the way like it just swaps mm-hmm. like roughly every 10 chapters. Yeah, I hadn't noticed that before. It it felt like a very breathless book, and now that I'm reading it again, it's like, oh, you do have a chance to catch your breath. It's kind of like a Mario level, where you do a thing, and then you have a, a power-up, and then you do you iterate on that thing, <laughs> and then you have another power-up, and then it's like, now execute it perfectly! Okay, have a power-up, and you're done. It's it's elegant, yeah. and I think that's her you know her video game design history, so that's cool. Yeah, I think like it's it's almost scientific. Mm-hmm. Like this is somebody who understands pacing exactly really really well. Yeah, and like planning. Like I, we've talked before. Like clearly, she has a very distinct plan mm-hmm. for these books because of the way she is able to write them so damn fast. Mm-hmm. And like, there's a lot of moving parts, and it definitely feels like she knows where they all are. Uh, and where they're going and like yeah i mean we there are there are things that happen in these chapters that don't pop up again until like book three yeah i'm curious how she structured writing it like did she do i'm gonna write all of kieran's story first and then i'm gonna write all of town's story first and then yeah. the editing process is figuring out where uh you know each section is gonna go to each section because uh mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. I feel like she, not only does she have like a very distinct plan on the writing, but it, I feel like in her head she probably has to have a very distinct editing plan when she writes it because of this structure. And now that she's done it in this book, she has to do it in like every book. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I would. Yeah, I would be really curious because it's it's not an easy task, regardless of the way you do it. If you're writing yeah. it straight out like mm. swapping perspectives or if you're chopping mm-hmm. it up later because every chapter ends on a pretty like it's not da vinci code levels of like and then the chapter ended yeah mm. but it's you know it's it, it ends on dramatic moments she hits all of her beats yeah. narratively and like dramatically speaking and it, it does like there's still a flow so that's pretty cool yeah absolutely and yeah. so many i 
the more I read it, the more I realize she was a designer because like there's so many Easter eggs and so many like, I just get to relax into this and make little jokes now that I've set the structure of the level. So it, I don't know, it just kind of plays like a really good video game sometimes where it's like, hey, remember this thing? Let's make this joke. Levels, I think, is is a really interesting way of thinking about like the way she writes. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine like, uh, book one was the hardest to ed- edit, and then it became it's a little easier when she like had it down pat. Mm-hmm. I hope so. I can't imagine doing three books in two years. Oh my god! And it being she must have like so hard a crazy string board somewhere, mm-hmm. like. That's the whole that, physically that's, or that's the less intimidating option, right? Like, can you imagine yeah. this is all I mean, in her head? <laughs> oh my god! I right? couldn't. I spent like a good two hours just throwing together a family tree for all the interconnected and re- and reborn people, and that took me like two hours. Like, I can't imagine what the amount of time that she has to put into like planning and cross referencing all this stuff. And they're all distinct characters. They're not oh, yeah. just like, so I'm reading a book that's like very, very historical at this point. And it's just kind of like, mm-hmm. it's hitting all the historical beats, but it forgot to give a lot of the characters personalities. <laughs> They're just Ooh. like, Woof. well, he's a person who did this thing. That's his personality. Right. Um, but no, like Talon's super crazy and creepy. And Ola is like really self-serving, but also loving. It's like, they're complex. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this was a great set of chapters for Talon, who is a great character and a great villain. Um, And something that I I definitely did remember reading the first time, but obviously sunk in a little bit more right now, is like the conversation between Talon and Ola and how much you learn about like... One of the things that's really confused me is the order of events that lead to Kieran ending up growing up at the Shatter Vale, mm-hmm. basically. And rereading it now, I definitely understood it more. I still have some questions, but like, you realize like how much was actually going on and like how many intersecting plans there were her and how fucking suspicious Sergia yeah. is. So much. I totally forgot that he had like bewitched Ola to keep Kieran in the capital. I forgot that too. A hundred percent. Yeah. Cause it's, it's like, you know, it's just something that like, it just kind of goes over your head. I think the first time. And then it's like, no, like he, he is definitely connected. I mean, we knew, we knew, we know he has a connection with Sandus. But there's like a there's something else going on there that like was a thing before Kieran was maybe even conceived. I don't know. Yeah, because uh, Ola mentions the Emperor before Sandus, uh, Ge- yeah. uh, Gendel, yeah. and he somehow involved. But he would have to know, mm-hmm. like that things are going, what things are going to happen going forward before Kieran was even born. Yeah, like so maybe somebody knew that. Mia was pregnant, basically, and, like, the machination started from there. But even, like, down to the idea that the night that Sandus became emperor is the night that Kieran is taken as a baby. Like, that's... Mm-hmm. That so does not seem coincidental. Now, and if, like, did Gendel... Then Gendel stepped down, right? He didn't no, die? He died. That's the only he way died. you... That's the only way emperors leave, is if they die. They get murdered. But, like, how did he die? He, he got, got murdered. murdered. Okay. But I don't okay. remember. We don't, yeah, we don't know what happened. Okay. 
And I just realized that right now. <laughs> I'm okay. Like, what happened? How did he get murdered? They do say he got murdered. Yeah. But what? So I wonder if the Sandus, what is it? The, the Griffin men, I think they are. Yeah. The, I wonder if the Griffin men kill Gendel, make sure Sandus becomes the emperor, and steal Kirin. What if Gendel plans his own murder with the Griffin men? Dumbledore style. Oh, yeah, maybe. He's That's like, possible, too. He, he orchestrates this whole plan to get Sandus to be emperor and have... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and this might have coincided, too, with the time that Theron was a priest of Thana. So they were like, all right, Gandalf, you're going to get reborn, returned something because I'm buddy buddy with Thana. Mm, yeah, Gendel could be walking around right now, reborn. Could be somewhere else. Oh my yeah. god, yeah. He could be a character that we know. <laughs> he would have to be young though. Oh yeah, he he would be the same age as yeah, Kieran. So or younger. We so don't what really know. Do we know or that are many. like a similar age? Ga- Galen Damon. I mean, could he be Sergia? I don't uh no, I don't think so, right? Cuz well, I don't. Oh. There's no mention oh. that they. What if didn't know oh. each other? Like you mean like Gendel didn't die? They faked his death, and Gendel is Sergio. Oh. Yeah, or like Ooh. he did die, but they just brought him back, and then he pretended to be Sergio mm, to be a, a blind musician. Just to yeah, oh. I don't. I like that actually. I have no evidence, but I also have no evidence <laughs> no. to the contrary. <laughs> so that's all that is. <laughs> I'm I'm so intrigued. I yeah, I'm okay. I like this theory because it, it I feel like this is one of those really big hanging questions. And it, right from this book and like I guess it's a, it's a little bit of a spoiler to say we don't have answers for it yet, but like again, not all the books are out. You guys have read book 4. I haven't. Just um, Josh actually. Oh, you have. Okay, just Josh has. Josh has read book 4. He has a look on his face right now. <laughs> so no, maybe just, we should steer away. He's no, like, <laughs> it's not spoilers. It's just, it's really good. Josh knows things, yeah. Josh's eyes have lit with a mysterious wisdom. <laughs> yes. He has, he has seen <laughs> Elfin too much. Yes. But anyways, yeah. So I, I really liked the exchange between... Talon and Ola, like, yeah, I don't. It's just, it's very enlightening, but also it asks so many questions. <laughs> like, I love one of my favorite things about books is when you get answers to questions, but then more questions asked. Like, and it can be infuriating. Like, um, Josh and I have talked about this with Brandon Sanderson books. Like, mm-hmm. Sanderson is very good. Also, at like, he will, you will always get questions asked every new book in a series, and then he will ask new questions that you didn't even know you wanted to ask. And then you're like, fuck, now I want these questions. And Jen Lyons, I think, is is very good at doing the same thing. Like, there is lot you get lots of information, but at the same time, there's this sense that everything is so big and so vast that you still don't know anything. And it's like fun. Yeah, yeah there are stories where answers are not the end all be all, uh but the ones that are, I love it that they we get the answers. And yeah. like so far, this series, if you have a question, there's an answer. Yeah. It just may not be like in the current period of what you're reading. It might be like further down the line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even to you know, we have the the scene 
with Kalindra and Kieran on the island. And he's like, I have a million questions. She was like, well, I'll try to answer them. And he literally asks like 20 questions mm-hmm. to her. And, and yeah, she answers yeah. them like as best she can. And like, I, I love a scene like that because to me, like that is so real. And it drives me crazy when characters in books like are constantly internally asking questions and wondering about things. And like, they don't just fucking ask somebody who might know. Yeah. yeah. They like, just accept mm- things to make the scene yeah, move or they're forward. Like, or- yeah, pondering and pondering and pondering something. It's like, just fucking ask someone. And so I, it's so refreshing to like, see a character just straight up, ask a bunch of questions, admit that, yeah, some of these might be dumb questions, but I want to know. Mm-hmm. And and then for another character to more or less honestly answer them, we, you know, we don't know how reliable a narrator Kalindra is, but still something. One of the things that annoys me to no end about mediocre or bad or just inept writing is the the sense that like you have these like Gandalf types Tolkien doesn't do this but the Gandalf types who like are was like well I can't answer that question now you're not ready versus like all the information is here I think a very good writer is not afraid of providing answers because they know that they have more creativity to give I think it's I think it's right I think it's an early thing that writers do that they early in their career, they're like, Oh, I can't give it all away. It's like, yes, you can. People don't read because they want answers. And then when they get the answers, they stop. They read because they want good stories. And it, yeah, Stephen King does this all the time. He explains exactly what's going to happen. And the scene is still terrifying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love Stephen King. I love Stephen. He's, there's a reason He's great. I love a, a period of Stephen King. I'm not really <laughs> into his current Stephen Kingishness. His his well, post drugs and alcohol phase. I think. Well, we could have a different Stephen King podcast. Yeah, <laughs> you could do a whole podcast about Stephen King. You could do a podcast He's about period Stephen King. I mean, man. Yeah. I like that. Even throughout the story, we like the confusion about Kieran and what happened when he was uh, taken away. The fact that, uh, like in the beginning, when Kieran talks about the different veils, and then Thurvishara has that remark about, no, this is wrong. Mm-hmm. And then later on, uh, Kieran and Kalindra are talking about it again, and they're still wrong about the, the you know, the, there's the realm of magic, and there's the realm of mm-hmm. uh, real life, and there's the r- realm of afterlife. Mm-hmm. There's no second... Uh, there's no second remark from Thurvishar that this is wrong again. So I like that the characters are allowed to uh, have these wrong facts about the world. Mm-hmm. And so it, it adds to the confusion of uh, what's the real story, like with Kieran and what happened when he was kidnapped, basically, or taken away. Because Kieran has one story in mind that's true, mm-hmm. Ola has another story in mind that's true, and then there's you know, what actually happened. But there's never, like, a point where, um, you know, Kieran is presented with the true story, and then that's what we're told throughout the rest of the book. There's always, like, this, like, it's not the unreliable narrator, but it's only unreliable in that not everyone knows the truth. So yeah, I like, like that. It, it may be a little confusing, but it makes the characters all uh, have distinct voices because they have different information. When they're talking about same events. Yeah. Like in D&D, you have like your character knowledge versus your player knowledge. Yeah. Like, oh, that's exactly. exactly what it is. Exactly. Yeah. 
And the thing that I realized had confused me so much was in these 10 chapters, um, when Darzen is explaining what he th- he is claiming is Karen's background. But that's wrong, too. You think Darzen is an authority because yeah. you're so used to the narrative of, like, the hidden yeah. prince waking up and his royal family finally providing him with answers about his magical talents. But that's mm-hmm. straight bullshit. It's just yeah. lies. And, like, but you don't know that yet, so... you Yeah, you accept it as fact. And especially because we just had this scene where we, where we are talking to... Talon slash Lyrilin. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, okay. So yeah, then, you know, she was running away with the baby and she got killed by the mimic and then became the mimic. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. We don't even understand the Stone of Shackles yet, but we understand that she mm. she died, but she's still kind of around. But we know that, so Ola says that Pendron owned her, not Darzen. And so Darzen yeah. backs that up, but then you have to wonder, yeah. well, which kid, presumably she did not have sexual agency enough to control who might have caused her pregnancy. And so then you're like, here's yet another twist. And then it's mm-hmm. something else entirely. But yeah. Yeah. Well, and especially later too, when you do, people start like remarking about how much Kieran looks like Padron. Mm-hmm. Like, so then it's like, oh, well, is he Padron's kid? Like, Theron's kid? Is he Darzen's kid? Like, who, how, what? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so at this point, we don't know the extent of like okay, Darzen is the bad guy because we know mm-hmm. he helped summon a demon with yes. dead man, Indeed. but we don't know yeah. the extent of which he is a sociopath. We just know oh, this is a really bad royal who, and it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility of royal summoning demons. So it's not like we know how like the big picture of how bad Darzen is. Mm-hmm. Right. We just have sort of the small picture. And so when he's telling the story about Kieran, he um, like he might be telling the truth. Darzen is a type that would tell the truth if even like if the truth hurt Kieran even more. Right. Like Yeah, yeah. So we don't it's like we don't know what's the truth and it's like it's fun when you finally do learn the truth because even then you're like, but is it <laughs> And, and we probably will never know. Hmm. I remember what I was going to say about the revealing stuff without revealing it, too. There's a moment when Tenso, the, the sea witch. Mm-hmm. Tenso? I can never. Tenso. Okay. Kieran's telling her about, like, oh, and there was this other guy with Darzen. I don't know what his name is, but he looks, I called him Dead Man because he's so terrible. And she's like, haha, sounds like my ex-husband. <laughs> oh right! Yeah, it was like oh, that was a great part. Oh, like you can reveal everything and trust your audience to a be smart, but b just you know just yeah. know that there's more it, coming because like fuck. yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's it, uh, when after reading, especially now that we're rereading this book, I now as I'm reading the third book, like I don't treat anything like a throwaway line anymore. No, God, no. Yeah, like there's almost no pieces that don't matter, like or don't come back as far as we like. That's like, I mean, we we joke like Josh Except jokes especially like about Butterbelly, <laughs> like Butterbelly's gonna He's come back important. one day, <laughs> like Butterbelly's gonna be important, or like uh, Kalindra, like yeah. we don't really see Kalindra uh, after even like about three quarters of the way through this book, she disappears. But like in my brain, I'm like, 
nope, she's coming back. Like, she and Butterbelly are hanging out somewhere together. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Because she went off on, like, an assassination, too. So, like, I have to wonder if that is somehow going to be relevant or come back. Or I don't know. But, yeah, like, I don't, you... They... Uh, Every part of the buffalo gets used in these books. <laughs> mm-hmm. The the writing buffalo. <laughs> yeah, I I do think Butterbelly's gonna come back in some sense because like I don't. Okay, this could just be <laughs> I don't remember. Josh has convinced me. Okay, like I don't. Butterbelly's never come back. I don't remember <laughs> that we ever got the explanation for who set up Kieran to be there at that house at that time. Because Darzan claims it wasn't him. Oh, really? Oh, never mind. Maybe I missed... I, I thought it was him. I mean, so it could have been and he could have been lying, but I thought... Yeah, fair. That's the thing, right? Right, that's and the other thing. lies a lot. No, he's like, I wonder who set us yeah. up to meet. Because this yeah. is how I found you, but I don't know if the person who set us up was an enemy or a friend. So, it's all very... Yeah. What if it was Taja? Could otherwise, yeah. <laughs> otherwise it, the ball would never get wrong. Honestly, it might have yeah. been like that's again like the gods take a very active role in this world, so I wouldn't be surprised if like you know somebody disguised themselves as a person, tipped Butterbelly off, and started this whole domino chain. Yeah, that's the. It's not. It's not genuinely frustrating. It's delightfully frustrating that it's like, well, it could have just been the god of luck. They're involved. Yeah. Or it could have been the god of destruction or the god of death, you know? It's... Yeah. They're just hanging around and fucking people. And we don't... Yeah. In, we don't every, a... in every sense of the word. <laughs> and we don't have a perfect understanding of their powers. Even now, I would I would think. No. Like, we understand it... more, but they are... It, that's another great thing. Is like, we don't... I like it when you kind of don't understand the magic system. Like, I love Brandon Sanderson, oh, but yeah. his magic systems are physics. Yeah. Actually, you know, I just, I just realized, like, you know, we uh, in this first thirty chapters or so we've done, we have gotten a lot of info dumps, exposition. Mm-hmm. And one thing we really haven't gotten is an explanation of the gods. Yeah, you know, like people are referencing Korid and Galava and Taya and Taja, and you know, we have a basic understanding of of what some of those are, like particularly Thana. But I mean, you know, like um, the doctor that is treating Kieran at the Blue House, you know, is references Galava, mm-hmm. and it's like, well. Who is that? <laughs> like, we don't know. Or yeah, like, especially the difference between, like, a god and a god king, too. That's still not clear because, to me, three books in. Yeah, like, in the footnotes, um, Thurvishar remarks about, he's like, oh yeah, I met the the witch queen, Sulas in York. Oh, don't I recommend it. That sucks. That yeah, like, which is crazy. It's like, that is something, like... Yeah, in, like, the first 30 chapters of book one, we should have known to be watching out for Sulis in yeah, book two. Yeah, I, I did not. I did not. I totally forgot yeah. about oh, yeah. Sulis when I read book Throw two. Away. Yeah. And even down to, like, I think he says something like, don't ever eat anything she bakes for you. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That was good. Yeah. But the god kings and the, like, we have... Fortunately, she doesn't do the thing where she unnecessarily provides, like, made-up language names for things. She's just like God Kings. Mm. And even if you don't know what yeah. that is, you kind of get a sense. It's like, okay, not a god, but not a king, somewhere in the middle, you know? Mm-hmm. Y- you have a you have a, a step stool between the ground yeah. and the ceiling. There are a couple so the Thrisket mentioned here, 
And it's just like, oh, this guy was really, he really likes snakes. Yeah, yeah, but like, but like, yeah, we don't, the, the, the full explanations in book two. Yeah. yeah, and like, we don't know, like, he's, it's, it's referenced as a god, but like, we don't know what kind of god. Not that I think we, again, we don't really understand the difference between like, your, your god kings and your, your eight immortals at this point yeah. anyway, so. Okay, hypothetical. You're a okay. god king. You're going to turn oh. a bunch of humans into your oh, new man. animal species. What are you making? I love how everyone Ooh. went with animal species, but, like, theoretically it could be yeah, anything, did, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the, the Kraken, the, the daughters of Laka, they were, they're, they're not humanoid. They're just straight animals. Like, uh, man, what would I do? I feel like I would just, like, be the god of fries. <laughs> and I would, like, just... Fry like, people? Or no, maybe not fry people, but, like, I would, like, make everything in my domain, like, produce potatoes. Mm. <laughs> and then if you, like, eat the potatoes, you know, it's like... <laughs> the potatoes have real eyes and they see you. Oh, God. I'm checking which chapter it is. There's a line here about uh, Kieran makes about there being thousands of gods. Uh, and then... And then Thurvishar corrects him. He's like, oh, there's probably like several hundred. And so like, okay, but That's a lot. We, already, we already know that eight immortals exist. How many of these yeah. other gods exist? Yeah. Like, is that going to be like, you know, uh, the next Course of Dragons series where these other gods now are involved? I would love that. Because there's so much of, like, she's built this world so well that it, I think it's five books. Yeah, in the series. Yeah. Think, yeah, that just because the series ends doesn't mean like she's done telling stories oh, yeah. in that world. Let's hope. And I tr- I trust her mm-hmm. enough to continue. Because mm-hmm. uh, sometimes you, you like sometimes the series ends and you're just like, okay, that's enough. You don't need to do it anymore. And then yeah. the author is like, I'm gonna do more. And you're like, <laughs> this isn't as good. You could have st- you could have stopped. We're fine. You, you're just recycling. Yeah. Wait, Josh, what would your your animal and or oh, team be? Elephant people. Cuz they would they would make the best like army okay. to protect me. Okay, okay. And also elephants are cool and elephants are cool. <laughs> yeah. But they would probably turn against me. No, they seem they seem they seem pretty chill too, you know. They're probably like, yeah, yeah okay. You can you can Hannibal it up. Cuz I, I I don't know. There's not that it doesn't sound like there's many morally good god kings. Yeah, they all seem like they got kind of screwed up. It it definitely feels like a power corrupts situation. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. What about you, Christina? What would you be the god king of? I don't know. I think it would just be really cool to have people who were made of, like, crystals and metal and shit. Okay. I feel like it would make... I don't know that it would make for, like... A, a socially or economically viable society, but it would make for a really pretty one, which is if, like, I don't know, if people were able to, like, grow hunks of crystals or, or gems and, like, hack them off and sell them. You could do that. Or, like, you know, so, like, aesthetically pleasing crystals. Just like, I'm just gonna grow my eyebrows as amethysts now. I'm not really feeling the rose quartz. <laughs> or just, like, metal... You know, like cyborgs, except it's psychic metal, mm. living metal thing. That would be dope, actually. Yeah. Or I'd make people that are just, like, really chill by, <laughs> by relaxing. That's how they give me tenye. Like, I get more powerful the more lazy people get. <laughs> the entrance to your temple just says, chill vibes only. Yeah. 
the god of god of edibles. Quick, I need to defend <laughs> our homeland. Everybody take a nap. <laughs> the god of self-care. Yes. Yeah. You could you could can you imagine though like People wouldn't want to invade you. Like, you can defeat armies, right? Yeah. But, like, if no one wants to invade you, you kind of got your set. Everyone's like, nah, we don't have a problem with them. Every time we'd go into their country, we mean to kill them, but then we just, like, take a bath. We just chill out. We just have an like, eye mask you know, and, like... We just kind of bro. Yeah. Yeah, but then it'd be a guy like Darzan who's like, oh, they're easy picking. And I'd be like, no, we're not. Boom. <laughs> That's true. Darzan's idea of chilling out is, like, beating a slave to death. Yep. So... Oh. Yeah. oh Darzan's, was, Darzan's the worst. That was a bad so scene. That was worse than bad. Oh, my God. The fucking chapter, like, where he's just, like, beating a slave. Be, yeah, whip the slave, whip Kieran, kill the slave. Like, it's like, oh, okay. Like, we got a bad vibe from this guy before, but like, oh, he, he bad, he bad, he monster. Yep. That yeah. chapter is amazing because it, we talked about this last time about how Kieran is not the like dumb, lawful dumb character. Mm-hmm. Like, at this, if the most heroes would be like, oh, I'm not gonna hurt these people at all. Kieran takes a knife and stabs a dude yeah. like five times, and like you don't see that as the heroes do that often. But and yeah. he's also fifteen and up against the wall, and I, I like that he's not um, like it, it's not a good thing that he did, but it was a, it's the thing that would be like realistic of what you would do if you were yeah. in a corner like that. I would hope. I think. I think you. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, because I could see a lot of, like, heroism and self-sacrifice often get overlapped a lot, and so you could def- I definitely mm-hmm. was expecting, even the second read-through, halfway through, to be like, no, I'll take the punishment instead, don't, don't yeah. hurt her, and instead he's like, fuck you, stab. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, I love that. It's a total, yeah. <laughs> it's legit. It's very Kieran, too. Yeah. Like, this is definitely, like, a a big character moment for him because, you know, as we see later on in this book, it like Kieran doesn't really like half ass things. You got to give him credit for that. That's true. Yeah. Like he doesn't sit on his butt. If that makes sense. Like, yeah, he's like, given the opportunity, I will stab anybody I can. Right. But he's not perfect. Like in the chapter mm-hmm. where they introduce the thrists, he refers to them. I guess that whole, like that whole evil races thing of, that's been talked about with D&D a lot, mm-hmm. where Kieran sees these snake people and he automatically calls them monsters. And yeah. then he learns that they're people and stops calling them monsters. But his first, mm-hmm. because he grew up in Quar, his first reaction is people that don't look like me could be monsters. Yeah. But then he learns. and But it's like he's a, he's a product of being... Uh, poor in a, uh, you know, colonizing empire. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. like his worldview, even though we know Kieran is a good person, his worldview is small, and he has this these these like opinions that are not great. But he learns, like it's it's not like something that he can help. It's more like he. This is what he's been taught, and now he's unlearning it. 
Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And it's it's a really subtly done point, too. It wasn't like, now, Kieran, sit down and let me tell you how these people are people. It was just like, yeah. oh, they're talking and they think you're stupid. Yeah. It was like, that checks out. <laughs> they are and then, people. And then, and then he gets the nickname Monkey yeah. attached oh, to right. him for their, like, the rest of the series. Yeah. But yeah, that's a, I think that's a, a really good point about writing characters like that. It's like, sometimes heroes get a little too perfect, where they're like, you know, the only woke person in Victorian England. Mm. And it's just like, mm. well, you need to walk a fine line, right? Because they have to be sympathetic and you have to be, like, intentional if you're writing now. But at yeah. the same time, like, yeah, Karen wouldn't realize no, why would right. you? Right. Yeah. Like, He's... you see a crocodile, yeah. even if it's not behaving like a crocodile, your first thought is probably going to be teeth. So. Mm-hmm. The drakes. Yeah. I like the drakes. I really want to make oh, friends yeah, with they're one. Like little baby velociraptors. They're so. They sound yeah. adorable. They sound like little murder children. Yeah. The thrists are great. Yeah. They're so chill and nice. Like, they just. They're just cool, snaky people who want to, like, live their Party. jungle life. Yep. Yeah. And party. Yeah. They love party. to party. Yeah. Yeah. I, one of my notes uh, for, I think it was chapter 25, was In the jungle, the mighty jungle, Kieran fucks things up. Yeah. And that was pretty much all I had for 25. <laughs> yeah. Tw- I have for 25. In hindsight, this is Kieran's, Kieran's most embarrassing moment. Like, it, <laughs> it, he just lo- he looks like a fool when he you does. look at it. Because it's like, imagine you're just like, you're a regular chill snake person, uh, you know, hanging out at your 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 death cult, and this yep. dude's running away, like <laughs> waving a stick at you, going, yeah! and you're and you're like looking at your other snake friend, is like, what's this dude's problem? Is <laughs> <laughs> like, he having a bad trip? Like, <laughs> it makes Kieran look real stupid. Yeah, it's 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 a good like fish out of water moment. Yeah. Oh, what's also great about this chapter is where they talk about the the Mavanos, how it's mm-hmm. this like dance of Athena, uh, mm-hmm. uh, yes. Fene, and how core again core core sucks. It's a shitty empire. They've taken this religious dance of another culture and turned it into a velvet hall entertainment <laughs> strip. That, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's like it's like. Hmm. And, like, I feel like the first time I read this book, the characters are so great. We've talked about it before, how these books are very anti-colonialism, anti-establishment. I didn't pick that up first time, because I was just so invested in the characters. But this second time through, I'm, like, picking up on stuff. I'm like, man, Core sucks. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you definitely get the Core sucks thing the first read, but there's so much... There's more to it Mm. than just, like, slavery. Like, there... Yeah, there is the deeper, like, more insidious aspects of colonialism are represented here, too. Um, There's a great footnote by Thurbishar, too, where he's like, no wonder the priest of Thana got really mad when he saw it performed at the New Year's party. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Kieran kind of... Kieran effectively walks into a Catholic ceremony and is like, (laughs) you're wearing dresses, and he sets the church on fire. Yeah. What do you mean you're eating blood and body? Right. And it's just like, this is this is sacred to us. Please stop yeah. screaming. It's really fine. I, I do love how 
everybody who knows Tareth just talks about how insufferably pretty he is. Like, that's like the first thing that Kalindra and Kieran bond about is like talking about how irritatingly pretty Tareth is. Yeah. I like that Kalindra is the second person to tell Kieran that to stop lying. Like right after Taja. Yes. Oh, I gotta find what the they have a great it's like the the thing she says about like she likes Inistana because you can say no. Yeah, here. Oh, okay. I've got oh, it right yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it? Okay, yeah. Yeah. I felt, a sl- I felt a release of tension I hadn't even realized was there, a wave of disorientation. How powerful was that idea? Here was a place where I could say no. I exhaled and grabbed the edge of the stone pool as if I would drown without support. Yeah, like for two. Like, so Kalindra's also a former slave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for people who have been traumatized and been owned, the ability to say no, like. Yeah, I just I love that this book is still 20 chapters later taking Karen's experiences seriously. You know, he's a male character who has had a sexually traumatic encounter. It was horrifying by anyone's standards Mm -hmm. and they let it not be okay. And I just like I I want him to be okay. Sweet, precious baby who's Mm -hmm. maybe a little stabby, but you know. Yeah. Good, good baby. Like yeah, him. yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's really messed up about what happened, and he yeah. he hasn't just like punched something about it. He's like struggling, and he can't even explain himself. And like, I think it's, I think it's really. It didn't occur to me. I thought it was mostly like his internalized homophobia because of Quar, but like, mm-hmm. it's also this traumatic backdrop that he has before he really has a lot of like. He's had sexual experience, but not romantic experience. And so when people are coming on to him and he's attracted or there's any kind of emotional confusion, of course he's messed up. And I just, yeah, I just appreciate that detail that takes it takes several books to work itself out. And that's like, that's normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Black Brotherhood are awesome, actually. Yeah. Like, they, they, like, both Kalindra and Tareth, like Tareth for as much as he's can be insufferable and pretty, yeah. like... He does not judge Kieran at all for like not sleeping with Kalindra mm-hmm. and like he see he can clearly tell that something is wrong with Kieran and he doesn't force it. Like he teases him a little bit, but he never like shames him. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh it's great because like Tareth is this you know, does obviously end up being a main character and uh we love him. Uh and he walks this great line between, like, he's an asshole, but, like, he becomes Kieran's, like, best friend mm-hmm. in, a, in a way that's very believable. Yeah. I think a lot of people... So you see that trope in Hollywood, too, where it's, like, the very sexually active male character. And there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. And it's so often wrong because it seems... so Because it's coercive, because it's pressure, because it's cocky and i think tareth is on the correct side of the line where he's like he's just really confident and he's just really horny and he accepts that about himself and so like when someone tells him no he's like okay that's fine because he hit on uh tianso too which is delightful and you know tianso's like i don't know why anyone would want me and he's like (laughs) i just thought you were hot all right well Bye. Once you get over your issues, let me know. <laughs> Kieran says something to Tareth about how he thinks that Tienso is only sexually attracted to books. Yeah. And I was like, oh, maybe like 
Ravishar and Senere and uh, fucking Tienza just like need to get together and just form like a, a intellectual horny book club. Yeah, what's oh. what's the word for it? There's a word for like being oh, uh, yeah. sapiosexual, I think. Or yes. it's just like yes, intellectualism is the thing that turns you. And I think that's like a little bit bullshit. It's usually thrown around by like douchebags who are trying to make themselves yeah. look smart. Yes. Mm. That's mostly how I've encountered it. But it, I mean like yeah. in the sense that anything is a thing, sure it's a thing. So Oh yeah. Yeah, and they don't talk about with on the subject of Kieran and the scene with Kalindra. Uh they don't talk about like we know we experience his his trauma with Zaltarov, but we do not experience the trauma of being a slave on the misery, mm-hmm. having to row, and then being engaged. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all done, you know, off off scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, at this point, he's not only had this experience with the demon, but he had this experience of not being able to say no because he's chained up on a boat and not being able to say no because he's engaged. So, it's like, uh, it, it's like, adds to the, um, the whole trauma of Kieran's experience. Yeah, and like the description of how he feels when Tareth gives him the gauge back. I, I, I can't remember, but he's basically like, you know, I exhaled a breath that I didn't know I'd been holding. Mm-hmm. And I think like that is something that he, obviously having a piece of your stole stolen is, is a very specific experience. But like, I think we can all like appreciate like how it feels when you regain control or something mm-hmm. over like something you've just been background stressing about really really hard like the relief that comes when that is resolved is yeah yeah it's a good feeling but it's it's like it's also like emotionally devastating in its own fucked up way like oh absolutely and i think in the sense that like characters are allowed to fucked up allowed to fuck up and not be bad people that scene was an example of tareth really fucking up because he hit on kieran and then handed him the geish Oh yeah, that's true. Because like, I didn't even think about that. He, yeah, it's yeah. really scary. Ooh, yeah, it's like your blackmailer yeah. being like, "Hey, you want to make out?" And then like, they yeah. have your social security card framed like in their pocket, and then they hand it over, and you're like, "Oh, you were just attracted to me." Well, how was I supposed to know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the whole thing about power dynamics. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. It, it was I think from Tara's perspective, he understands himself to never ever use anything against a slave. That's what his whole brotherhood right. is about. But Kieran doesn't know jack shit about anything as right. we've painstakingly established. Yeah. So, Tara's not the most empathetic person, I think. That yeah, that's point. absolutely true. Yeah, I didn't think yeah, about like, that way. Does and like he's had a crazy weird life of his own and we learn here that he also remembers his past lives so like he he knows like he weirdly knows how to be uh multiple people because he remembers being multiple people but he's not good at putting himself in other people's shoes or he's too good at it he's just like well Maybe, i yeah. and all my incarnations found mm-hmm. that this was fine so i don't have to mm-hmm. keep imagining i feel also like therese doesn't has trouble with, you know, like, who he, Therese, really is, rather than who he, based on all these past, like, the past lives really um, screw up his, like, identity, like, what it means, what it means to be Therese. Mm-hmm. Like, it's to the point where he's so bogged down, like, he has, 
he has baggage without ever having to have lived that baggage. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, especially like when your mom is a god and then we find out, you know, later, like your dad is one of the greatest criminals in your entire species. There's, yeah, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, he has enough to process for one lifetime and then yeah. he just has to keep going, going back. Mm-hmm. That was something I d- actually, it's kind of amazing. Like, I did not understand until reading these books, and I have a master's in religion. I did not understand that <laughs> aspect of reincarnation. It was like, you should be able to remember things. Like, how will you ever learn lessons? It was like, yeah, but how will you ever move on? You Like, the human brain forgets, like, that's that's kind of a, a grace of our, our neuroscience. Is like, you don't have to relive everything as it happened over and over and over again. Mm. So thank you, Jen Lyons for belatedly helping me not do as badly in that one class that one time. <laughs> Oops. Can we talk about the Mavanos and how I think sure. all of this is bullshit? Like, <laughs> okay. Like, how much of these, like, because Calendra explains it, how it's like, Thena, Athene, uh, you know, checks if you're pure or not, and... If you're pure, you come back, and I, I, to me, this all sounds not like um, like how much of this is because we don't know. Like we learn things about the eight immortals later on. Like how much of this is just like it doesn't actually mean anything, and it's just sort of uh, become like how much of this stuff mm-hmm. is is just part of traditions, and how much right. of it actually affects. Like, you know, what Thane really does. Like, does she truly look at these people when they do this ritual if they're pure or not? Or does she does she just, like, bring them back anyway? I don't know. I think she brings them back to her own purposes. Like, I think, sorry, I should amend that. I think there are people that she probably genuinely looks at you know, the, the pleas of their family or whatever and returns these people or like the quality of person they are returns these people. Mm-hmm. She absolutely just brings back people who for whom it's like convenient to her. Because later when Tienso kills herself to possess Kieran to teach him magic, yeah. um, you, you know, uh, Tienso, I don't know if she like does the whole, the Mavenos, but she, I mean, she effectively, you know, does that kind of ritual. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole thing where they're talking to Thena and she was like, yeah, you uh, were not a great person, so you don't get returned. But then she returns her anyway. Yeah. And yeah. then returns her again at the end of the book to become emperor, Empress. which obviously yeah. serves Thena as well. So, like, yeah, I think she she's a very manipulative person. Uh, so absolutely, I think she's doing, you know, killing and reviving people to suit her needs. But I think she she must also send other people back out of like i'm not maybe not not know about the goodness of her heart but like you also have to like keep your religion going right yeah yeah and i think i would imagine based on my incomplete understanding of how the how the cler- the clerical magic system works that the amount of devotion it takes to kill yourself is probably generates a lot of tenure for her in the first place. Like, true. if you yeah. can imagine a bunch of people standing around in a room fervently, wholeheartedly believing that if they're good enough, their god will love them enough to send them back. Like, yeah. that's got to be some some powerful shit. Yeah. So, I mean, 
it probably does something for her in the abstract or in the in the uh the magical yeah. sense. Yeah. The the god like, Yeah, all. there you go. <laughs> but like the first time you read it, you're like, oh, is Tarate really gonna come back? Yeah. And then by the time you finish book one, you're like, there was no way Tarath wasn't coming back. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> You're like, I can't believe they tricked me like this. <laughs> when he does it, though, like, he, Tareth, like, definitely seems to feel like it's something that's important to him. Like, he, because I think, like, Kim Ezra even, like, tries to get him to not do it. He says something like, no, like, it's my responsibility mm-hmm. or my choice. Because I think he feels, he feels bad about the people on the boat who died. And so th- I think this is meant to sort of, for him, be a bit of a, um cleansing like a hail mary for being involved in in a lot of those boat people dying mm-hmm. but again like you probably you knew you were gonna come back dude like i can't imagine you wouldn't think for a second that you wouldn't come back yeah so does anybody have any impressionistic that like we talked about the chapters in terms of their their balance but once again i think we're focusing on on like Kieran in the present, right? Like, it's easier to talk about him. It's easier to talk about, like, the, the gods and stuff. And, like, everything that's happening in Quar is just shitty. Like, yeah. it's just it's all politics and talent and murder. And just... Murder. Yeah. This is like, <laughs> let me get my Game of Thrones on right exactly. now. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Can I make one last remark about the... the uh, Dane and... Yeah. Oh, the, yeah, I'm not trying to change uh, the subject. I'm just uh, noticing... Books. We, we yeah, like snake people way better than we like shitty decaying empires. Absolutely. Because Karen is like, uh, like uh, talking to Kalindra about Thane, and he's like, uh, her body, her avatar, isn't in the land of living at all, is it? She lives in the third realm, mm-hmm. in the afterlife. Can she die? And Kalindra says no. And mm, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to remark on that. Yeah, we'll see. Like, it's Ooh. it's funny that even her own people uh right. don't know all the whole truth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean I think it, it probably pays to cultivate fervent believers. If you don't yeah. mm-hmm. and if you don't tell them the whole truth, like there's more to reveal yeah, the, to them later. So the more mysticism the better. Yeah. So plus the the idea that she is literally walking around with them right now would probably freak people out. It's hard to maintain, like, gods have to live at this weird distance from you, right? Like, they can't be so far as to be Mm. remote, because then you're like, well, what's the point? But they can't be that close. They can't walk with you all the time permanently and just be like, dude, you really fucked that up the other day. Because it it (laughs) hits different. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, the middle ground is, is interesting. And I think most of the gods do it interestingly because, like, they show up in dreams or, like, they hide themselves or their avatars yeah. don't always, like, stay in the same spot. But as we get to know the gods better over the course of the book, it's like, yeah, you do have to consciously manage that, don't you? That's interesting. Yeah. Can we talk about Kieran's emergency code word? Oh, is yeah, Golden Hawk. About the Golden, golden Hawk. <laughs> And then that's the symbol of House Damon, and he like, puts it together, and we're, we're seeing it from Moria's point of view, and he's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Did Ola just think she was being really clever with that? Like, I guess. Or, I like, guess? just to, like, fully make sure that, like, the, 
this is how serious you know it is, because mm-hmm. if the Demons were really involved, you know, right. all I would know this serious. But yeah. if there was, like, some kind of other emergency that he had to use that code word, him referring to House Demon as the code word would, you know, tell Ola, oh, this is very serious, yeah. because it's on yeah. the same level. Right, okay. That's yeah, a that's good point. It's also... Also, why has Kieran seen dead bodies before? He makes that remark, mm-hmm. and I'm like, um... I mean, why? he doesn't live in a great part of town, and he's a thief. Like, yeah, Also, they saw, he, he yeah. saw them, like, take the soul out of the metal, Vane. Mm, yeah. They were torturing. Pretty boy and dead man. So yeah, I didn't think, they, like, think melt him? Oh, it's just the way he says it, it makes it sound like not recently. Like, oh. the his first oh, time yeah, seeing a dead so. body I mean, wasn't recently. Yeah. I feel, yeah, I feel like they don't live in a great part of town. I, yeah. Also, everyone pour one out for Butterbelly. Yes. R.I.P. Butterbelly. Never he, to be seen again. Yeah, no. Not important. <laughs> also, he, that the healer of House Demon, who has a name, I oh, don't remember. L- Logren. Not important either. Lorgren? Lorgren, I think. Maybe he Lorgren was again. great. He might be mentioned again. He, I think he's around. Yeah. He seems like the crotchety surgeon, dude. Yeah. Do you think that green Solly stone that he sold to Butterbelly was important at all? I, don't I have know. a feeling it comes up again. I hope it does. But I don't know where. Yeah. I have, I mean, like, I have not like something that I've read that you guys haven't read. I mean, I, I, I think it comes up again that we don't remember. I bet it will. Because I, I tried to keep track at different points of which Sollys or which cornerstones are which colors yeah. are. Like, yeah. anytime a rock is mentioned, it's just like mental note. Right, exactly. It's another yeah. list I've been keeping. Why was the original mimic not Lyraland? Why was the original mimic sent? Like, what was the motivation for the original mimic? Because they talk about how mimics are hired by the yeah. highest bidder, mm-hmm. but when yeah. you can change into anybody, what do you need money for? Like, I I don't know what a mimic. Yeah. Because like, Lyraland makes mm-hmm. a mark about Talon. Um, Talon makes a remark that, oh, I'm not doing this for money. And then there's the other remark about how mimics are paid by the highest bidder for assassination jobs and stuff. What? Why? What? You can turn it to anybody. What do you need money for? And that's a great point. So I'm like, what? And then the way uh, Talon for a moment becomes the original mimic personality for a minute. Yeah, that was crazy. And he's like, and then yeah. I had my hands around that bitch's throat. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that sounds a lot more than just being paid for a job. What is going on with that original? I want to know. Because like, what's yeah. the motivation? What's the cause? What was this original mimic given and by to who? do this job? Yeah. Yeah, because she makes a point, too. She's like, I work for Darzan now. Isn't that funny? So, like, implies right. that she like, didn't work for Darzan before. Yeah, because Lyrilyn was yeah. not. Yeah, I don't know if she was cool making a Darzan. joke about, like, or a very off color joke about being owned by Darzan's mm. grandfather yeah. or great uncle, rather. Hmm. And then, or if she was just uh, paid by. Pedrin, yeah, right? Pedrin. He, he was owned by yeah, Pedrin. Yeah. 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 The guy. Pedro. 
Sorry, all the pronunciations are in my head now. Of the yeah, you know, because you listen to the audiobooks. So. When, when we uh, eventually start releasing this, I probably am going to record a quick little thing. And this is, by the way, we all use completely different pronunciations. <laughs> Sorry about it. <laughs> yeah, it's Pedrin, Morgage, Terraith, um, Zervan, Senaray. Yeah. The hard last vowel thing is something that I have a really hard time remembering. I do too. I looked at it and I tried to remember. Fane. It. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of any others that are that don't read yeah. like they are said. Well, apparently everyone's pronouncing Kieran's name wrong. When Talon and Ola have that oh, conversation, yeah. like Talon notices a, a friction between the way she says it and the way that Ola says it, and she's like, mm. "What the hell actually is Kieran's real name?" We don't yeah, know. So. I'm assuming it's Kieran. Right? Because he's Cariel's son? It could be, mm. or it could be something with an apostrophe that that's a lot older. Ooh. It's like Greg. His real name's Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Greg's of the world rejoice. Greg Demond. <laughs> that sounds like a 14 year old's avatar, and by generic 14 uh, year old, yes. I mean me when I was 14. <laughs> oh my god. It took me until I like, I want to say the second set of chapters we did for this book to realize that their last name is literally Demon. Yeah, That was a little heavy-handed, but alright. <laughs> and like, how many mimics do you think there are? I think, I think there was a line, and I could totally be misremembering this, but I think they made mimics illegal very quickly and hunted some of them down, Fair. which seems yeah. legit to me. Yeah, I could absolutely see that. But yeah, I think like Thurvishar makes a note like there's definitely some out there. Yeah, and you could you would never know. Yeah, and they he, he says at least they don't reproduce. Right. Just yeah. terrifying in its own sense. Yeah. But like it is a little crazy to think that we could we could have already run into another mimic that we don't know about. Yeah, yeah that's that's another added dimension of all, already soul swapping mindfuck mm-hmm. nonsense that's going on in these oh, yeah. books. The next series should, after this one, should star a, a mimic. The main character should be a mimic. That'd be dope. That'd be, cool. That'd be exhausting. They're all insane, right? That's how you. That's that's how you get all your different POV chapters too, because it's all the different people inside the mimic. Oh my brain. god. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she can continue the format that she's developed. Oh boy. Without having <laughs> yeah. to add new characters. It's just. It's just Talon telling the uh, Sergio Sandus Theron. Uh, t- Doc story, but yes. like, because she's like eating them all. Okay, so I would, I know that's what I would do if they came out as books, but seriously, I would pay for them. Like, <laughs> please, please let me give you my money of any amount to read that backstory. Like, I really hope it's coming be because I want to know I hope so, who yeah. hired. It was just like a the, like a short story or something. Anything. Like, I think that would be really fun. I want to know who hired. Like Josh said, the the person who became Talon. I want to know. Yeah. I want to know all about the backstory about becoming the Emperor Sandus, and I want to know mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. also some of the little characters like. How did that really good physician end up in that sadist's employ? Like how, how, how does that house bifurcate that insanely? Yeah. Like you have a bunch of amazing healers, and then you have complete sadistic torturers. Yeah. 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 What was House Demon like before Pedro? Yeah. Because yeah. 
that Pedrin seems to be the start of the the shit. Yeah, the sadist demands. Yeah. Like it doesn't sound like demands were always very good, but yeah. Pedrin was like top of the mountain, and then here's Darzin a little bit on a lower cliff, and it's you know gone from there. Because mm-hmm. also, do you think Darzin was lying when he said that Thane wouldn't bring Serja or uh, oh, Moria yeah. back? Absolutely. Like he he must have been, but well, but he knows that they've been eaten by talent too. Yeah. If you get eaten by a mimic, can you not be brought back? I think that the body has question. to be there, right? I don't know. Because don't they wake up in their own body? Like, when Kieran gets returned at the end of the book, he's in his same body. Oh, yeah. So I think, yeah, I think the body has to be there. And, like, even if she doesn't eat all of them, I think she eats the brains. Kind of hard yes. to live without that, yeah. I mean, is Thana capable of it if she really wants to? I don't know. I don't, know. I don't yes. think she would want to, too. Like, no, she wants yeah. Kieran pushed in a direction as well. But I wonder if he could have brought Serja back, would he? Because Serja has a lot of answers. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what True. Talon yeah. says. Yeah. Like, she wants to find out what's yeah. the deal. Which, well, when she says that, when she, like, I'm going to find out. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't she already know? Because she. Well, I don't think him? she had she eaten, them eaten them yet. Because he just yeah. saw the body. That's what I was thinking, yes. but I wasn't sure. Yeah. She definitely ate maybe Moria. Maybe, or she yeah. just was able to look like her. I think she ate Moria she too. Says she, can, yeah. she says she can change, but to get it perfect, she has to eat yeah. them. Yeah, because she changed it into Ola, even though she hadn't yeah. eaten Ola yet. Yeah. Right. But yeah, right. yeah, yeah, like, um, yeah, like she must. She probably knows now. I don't know, but she's also kind of crazy and has like 5,000 personalities floating around in there. So maybe she hasn't, maybe it takes time to like delve down and like really remember each one. And what's it, is it different to eat a wizard as we learn Serja is? Like, do you know, is there mimics can't do magic, I think, maybe? Mm. There might be a limit. I'm not sure. That sounds reasonable. She could do magic. I don't that would know. Be extra terrifying. Yeah. That might just be like my D and D brain going off. Like, oh, there's got to be a certain rule. <laughs> I mean, there might be. I don't know. Like, mm. if you can shift that much, is your body tied to the magic that you do? I can't remember if it is. It might be. Also, the second time through, it's kind of terrifying that um, this chapter where uh, Talon confronts Ola is told from Ola's perspective. And at the end of the chapter, Talon doesn't kill and eat Ola yet, but the fact that it's being read from right. Ola's perspective means she does get oh. eaten. And then that and then that that's never brought up in the that? book. There's yeah. no we'd never see Ola again like this. That's a really good point. Like it, I we yeah. never get the eat kill. I hope and you're wrong because I want to see her again, but I think you're right. Yeah. I meant in in this book. She may, you know, maybe she comes back. I don't know. I don't know. I think no. Yeah. I think you're right because, like, I think yeah. that that's a, that's some very metatextual reading. That was awesome. I didn't. That didn't occur to me at all. Yeah. But like, if it's from her perspective, then yeah. Oof. Yeah, she's improvising a little bit when she tells from Kieran's perspective, but everybody else is people that she's eating. So she could be yeah. improvising, but yeah. I guess we'll see. Yeah. Talon weirdly doesn't lie a lot either. Yeah, like well, because because Talon has that thing at the end where she's saying that she's protecting Kieran because now 
Ola and Serja are in her, and so yeah. those, are, those like parental feelings are overwhelming her mm-hmm. to protect Kieran. Yeah, which I don't know. She doesn't. She doesn't do a great job. Man, who the hell is Serja? Yeah, who the hell is Serja? Serja clearly like, loves Kieran, but like, why? Yeah. How? When? Yeah. All of them had. Like, how did you know? that he was going to end up with this former slave turned brothel owner enough to bewitch her in advance to not, like, leave with the kid. Did he hire Talon? Ooh. Because, like, Lyrilyn didn't matter. Like, we, right now, Kieran, right now, Kieran thinks that Lyrilyn is his mom. But that is... Bo- both parts of the parentage that Darzan tells him are untrue. Yeah. So, like, Lyrilyn mm. didn't matter to Serja or really anyone, except Ola. Yeah. Interesting. Ah, so many things. Yeah. <laughs> My brain. <gasps> My brain, she hurts. Yeah. Um, any, any last thoughts? I think I'm good. I think I'm good, also. I can't think of anything else. This was a good. Uh, every time we do this, I'm gonna say it, but like, this is a I good know. set of chapters. This is so exciting. Yeah, it was. Yeah. We didn't even talk about the fact that Kieran killed four dudes in a fist fight in 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, that was, was great. Such and great action. Got crossbowed yeah. through the heart and then had his heart regrown. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Even, even the small action killing dudes who will never show up again is great. I really love these books. I'm so glad you guys want to talk about them. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to read them. To talk about it's great. Yeah, but Josh, what are you reading? I just finished book four of <laughs> Wait, Forest that's a dumb of Dragons, question. <laughs> which is uh, not out yet. That, so we really can't. Which talk is not about out it. yet. The House of Always. Also, the House of Always is cool. Nice. The book. Super excited. Steph, what are you reading? Uh, I'm still reading book three, uh, Memory of Souls. I have also been playing a lot of Assassin's Creed 2. Yay! So that's that's been taking up a lot of my reading time. Mm-hmm. It's all joy time. Doesn't have to be reading. Something that I'm telling myself as reviews are quickly becoming due on Tuesday. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> oh, I've been playing Disco Elysium, which is very much like a novel. <laughs> that is a, it's a point and click adventure with a lot of reading and it's really very bizarre and out there and really cool. Sweet. I recommend it. I'm gonna write it down. What are you reading, Christina? Um, so I just finished a book that will be out soon called The Widow Queen, which is more historical and less fantasy than I thought, even though Tor put it out. Um, it's about a Poland it's about the daughter of the first Duke of Poland who, like, marries a Swedish queen, and it's all about, like, Viking politics, if you can imagine that. It was not what I expected. It was good, but it was like, oh, I thought there would be 50% more magic in this. <laughs> Basically, they just do mushrooms and have hallucinations, and they're like, visions! <laughs> all right, time for murder! Okay, okay. So, I mean, I like it, but it it is not fantasy, so. Okay. Anyway. You can find me at Girl on Twitter and on the Salem Moon Random Encounters podcast with Steph and also the Demons Are Girls Best Friend podcast with Steph. 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Steph O. Kingston. On those same podcasts as Christina, I'm also on the SHU podcast. I edit the Welcome St. Paxton podcast, Hikiko Mori podcast, uh, and Game Crimes podcasts. Oh, and I'm on Love to Hate, but we haven't really done it a lot lately because the pandemic really kicked our ass. Whoops! You can follow me at 4or5wits on Twitter and most other social medias. And you can read my reviews at geeklink.com in the reading section. All right, mine too. Oh, yeah. And Christina's. <laughs> and uh, go to my Instagram, Stitchy Spice, for embroidery. Yes. I love following it's your fun. embroidery. It's good. It's so cool. I wish I had talents, but alas, I can only follow talent on Instagram. The best thing about embroidery is it's just tracing, basically. <laughs> <laughs> you would be surprised. <laughs> All, All right. right. This was a podcast about books. Thank you for listening to No Page Unturned, part of the Geekly Inc. podcast family. If you like the show, please show us some love with a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at No Page Podcast. The show is edited by me, Steph Kingston. Our amazing theme music is by Bad Sparrow, and you can check them out at Bad Sparrow Music. And our cover art is by Chango Chimango, who you can check out on Instagram and Twitter at Chango Chimango.